Good, good. Hi, everyone. It's Obi Abuchi here with the Leading From Your Core podcast and vodcast. This show is dedicated to helping leaders all around the world discover leadership wisdom, stories, and insights that will enable you to tap into the power of leading from the inside out. I am delighted to welcome on the show Rick Charlton. Uh, Rick is a co-author along with me and, and 13 other men from around the world who have written the book, Visionary Male Leaders, uh, really connecting with the heart of what it means to lead in an authentic and courageous way. So very excited to connect with Rick and to have been on this inspiring journey together. Uh, Rick was born here in the UK, grew up in Botswana, joined the British Army at 17, and then was a firefighter later on, and then joined the nuclear industry, and, and now is head of change management and spends most of his working time coaching and, and focus on leadership development and capacity building. But he also does a lot of work for Veterans for Wildlife, uh, which is a charity that helps train uh, people around the world to uh, focus on anti-poaching and making sure that we are protecting wildlife. So Rick, it is exciting to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Obi. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. So, so am I, so am I. And just to help our listeners and viewers get to know you a bit more. I've given a summary of your life. There's so much more that can be said. What else would you want to highlight about your, your just yourself, what you're passionate about and your journey as a leader? Um, yeah, great. Thanks. Um, yeah, I've been about a bit. <laughs> um, I think uh, one of the key things for me is, is that it took me quite a long time to actually not let my role define me. Um, and you end up trying to be the role rather than be yourself. And um, and that really led me, that was a little bit of a light bulb moment for me, maybe it was about five or six years ago when I realized that actually it's not my, my role that defines who I am. I am who I am. And the role is just something that happens around me when I'm doing things. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, I started off in the, uh, I grew up in, in Southern Africa, which gave me a real great uh, appreciation for what the wildlife um, for, for Africa. Um, anybody that's ever visited Africa or if anybody who's listening who is in Africa will know what I'm saying when it's in your soul, it is there, it's, it's within you, it is who you are. Um, and it doesn't matter how long you are away, when you go back, you really do feel that you're coming home, even though you potentially might not live there anymore. Um, I, uh, I joined the British Army um, uh, and um, spent, uh, went to the first Gulf War, first Iraq um, conflict um, wow. in the 90s um, and, and various other uh, things throughout my, my military career, predominantly looking at um, clearing landmines and disarming landmines and, uh, and and a lot of the focus was on training and leadership and taking up leadership roles at quite a young age. Uh, so um, 
what a great place to make all the mistakes. <laughs> so <laughs> um, the, the, the difference, the, the, one of the great, the great things is that um, the, the military set me up really well for my next career, which was in the fire and rescue service where I went up the ranks to a senior leadership position in the fire and rescue service. Uh, again, real focus on, on development, uh, on training, on leadership. Um, and then subsequently moved out of that into the corporate world and now I'm transitioning away from that into a coaching, mentoring uh, uh, sphere. Um, mm -hmm. and, and actually my passion is working with veterans for wildlife. It's, again, it's coaching and mentoring and understanding um, the needs of the people who are day-to-day -day fighting, the, 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 fighting the conflict against the poaching, which is a conflict, um, and, uh, and helping them understand. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm not a trainer, I'm not a teacher. I suppose I'm possibly a teacher. Um, however, for me, it's about dialogue, enter the dialogue, have a conversation, understand what makes those people really tick, and let them understand who you are. Um, and, uh, and and ultimately, that's really the, the core of what I am. And obviously, and the book that we co-authored together, um, mm -hmm. I talk about um, leadership and emotional intelligence through Ubuntu, which is an African philosophy, yeah, um, yeah. which directly translated as best as possible translated is that um, it means that um, I am because you are. Yeah. Well, I am because we are. And and that's the, the key. The key thing is, is that we bring each other into existence by acknowledging each other. Mm. Um, and and, and that, that, that's really quite important, I think, from a leadership perspective, because um, there are far too little, there are far too little um, sort of engagements as leaders that we really appreciate with our, peop with our people, unless you really consciously do it. Um, and, and, and that's around just acknowledging each other. So in, in South Africa, the, the greeting that we use is Salbona, which means I see you. And, and, it, it, and then that is, and the, and the, and the response to that is I'm here to be seen. So really it's around truly acknowledging each other. We bring each other into existence by seeing each other, being there to be seen and to acknowledge each other. Mm. Um, and that once you, until you get that connection, um, it, it just becomes a very mechanistic sort of conversation about hello, what you, how are you, but I don't really care. Mm. <laughs> so you hear that all the time. How are you? I'm fine. Really? Are you fine? You know, nobody ever follows it up. It's never really a, nobody really cares. You know, it's, you get that feeling and, and mm. until you get that. Um, and, and, and I think that, and I can't remember who said it, but um, somebody a lot wiser than me once said that nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. And, that's really quite important. And that's sort of the basis of how I do things. Um, so, so really that's, that's the flavor of me. So, um, sure. yeah, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that great way of introducing yourself and helping our listeners and viewers know who you are. And I, I love the way you started, Rick. I, I love the fact that you said you've been on a journey over time to realize that, you're not what you do. You're not defined by what you do. I was having a conversation earlier today where I said something similar and it's been a massive journey for me as well as a leader, recognizing that 
I'm not defined by what I do. I'm not defined by what I have. I'm not defined by what people say about me. And people can hear that and they'll just think, oh yeah, you know, that that's, sounds nice. But it, it's so, it's so essential. It's so foundational for me because here's the thing. And just with what we're saying, it's when we're defined by what we do, all of a sudden when that thing is taken away from us, that role, then you're left with, oh, who am I? You know, I become, I'm made redundant or typically senior levels within organizations, CEOs in particular, say on average, they're with yeah. an organization for three years. What, what happens when you're no longer there? Do you lose yourself or do you realize, as you said, well, no, I'm me. I happen to be fulfilling that role. Yeah. And that time has come to an end, but it doesn't mean I have come to an end. Or you, you have money and possessions and there's a fire or there's the stock market goes down. Are you crushed? Are you, do you commit suicide because you say my life is over? Or it's just, okay, some of what I have has dwindled, but I can grow it again. Or people yes. say great things about you. Like, oh, hey, they're saying great things about you in the media, in the papers, whatever. And then you think, oh, wow, aren't I amazing? They're saying terrible things about me. Oh, no, I must be terrible, rather than saying, well, that's just what they're saying, right? And I can maybe learn from that. I could take that on board. I could pay attention to it or not, but I'm not defined by that. But that Absolutely. journey of discovering who you are is so important because it grounds you. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, I, that's what I found. It just grounds me. And I'm able to do things from an expression of who I am, rather than trying to be a certain person. So I love the fact that that you started there. I'm curious, just for, for you, what was the shift that made you start thinking, that got you to start thinking in, in that way? Was it something significant? Was it a trauma? Was it just life? I think it was just a natural evolution within life. Um, the, the, the real thing, that, and I think the real trigger for me was that um, I, am, I, I visited, I went back to Botswana for the first time in 20, nearly 30 years, and, and I took my son with me. My, 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 he's in the army now. And um, I took my son with me, and, and I hadn't been back to Botswana since before I joined the army at 17. So, um, and... Going to war changes you. You become somebody different. Um, not physically anybody different, but it, it 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 sort of there's a there's a before and there's an after, and and I and I think I'd forgotten who I was before, and sure. then when I went back and I was in the um, I was in the Okavango Delta and was uh, just out. The hippos were making a racket. Elephants had been to drink. We'd had baboons in the camp stealing things. So, and I, I was just sitting and thinking, and, and, and it sort of dawned on me that I just remembered who I was before all that. And, mm. and I've actually, and I'd actually created this um, imaginary world around myself because I'd been in the army and because I'd gone to, gone to the Gulf War and, 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 and that sort of led me to sort of explore a little bit more around that. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. We do. We actually create, we chase a job title. 
Mm. We chase a job title, we chase a role title, we try to work out um, if I if I'm ahead of something, then that means I'm important, so I can now be important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and actually, you're no different to you were to when you were when you didn't have a job title. It's mm. just still you. And and that was the real sort of thing for me, that sort of pivotal element of it. And um, I read a book. I read a book um, by Eckhart Tolle, the um, New Earth, um, and it 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 was pretty quite. It was deep. First time I read it, I didn't get it at all. I was like, what is all this? Mm-hmm. And then I read it again a couple of years later and it, and it was like, oh, I get this now. This is about ego. And it's about understanding that ego is based on your experience of the past and your perceptions of what you're going to do in the future. So mm. if we just center ourselves on where we are today, think about who we are now, control what we've got now. And there's an element of stoicism in there around um, controlling what you can control and letting go of the things you can't control. And and as soon as you start to really focus on who you are and become an observer of your emotions and start to actually, it sometimes makes me chuckle and it's probably doesn't look good in a meeting when I start chuckling. <laughs> um, however, what I'm, what I'm doing is, is I'm observing how I'm reacting to my emotional oh. reaction is to what's going on around me. And I'm thinking, you just, you, that, that's funny. You, <laughs> you just, you just got... <laughs> You just got a little bit cross about that, but actually it doesn't matter. It's not that important. It doesn't sure. matter at all. And, and so, so you become an, a, an observer of your emotions. And, 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 I, and I, I find that, and I think that's what really attracted me to coaching. Um, because if you're in a really, really, if you've got a really good connection with the person or the group that you're coaching, that you're, you're coaching with, then there is no more, there is no other than dealing with an emergency situation or being in combat. There is nothing in my experience that has made me feel as present as I feel when I'm coaching somebody, when you have a good connection, you are wow. in that moment. That's all that matters. There's that one minute that you're with that or the, that, that moment. And, um, and there isn't lots of moments. There's only one moment and mm-hmm. the moment that you're in. So it's understanding that. And then, and then when I'm talking to the, to, um, to, to members of my team who, who I'm developing as coaches and, try, and taking them on the journey as well and explaining to them that actually stop trying to reach somewhere. It's, all, it's great to have a goal and it's great to have a, an, some, some objectives and some things you need to do, but try to let go of that a little bit and understand that the, the journey is actually the destination and it's what you're doing now that's going to matter and you'll get mm. to where you need to be. There's nothing worse than... Um, and I found it. I ended up there and I've had these conversations with people before where, you know, I've spent quite a long time climbing this ladder that I've pitched against this wall and I'm climbing the ladder and I've fought my way to the top of this ladder and I've got on the top of the ladder and I'm looking over the top of the wall and I'm like, this is the wrong wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking across and across over there, there's another wall with a guy on it who's dancing and singing and happy and doing all those things. And I'm thinking, that's, who, that's the wall I should be on. <laughs> sure. So, so it's just, you know, try not to be so sort of too, too sort of uh, driven to, to do that. And just, just trust that your, your life will, your life will happen the right mm-hmm. way. And just be, if you just concentrate on being rather than doing. And, and I think that the clues in the title, isn't it? It's human being, not human doing. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. 
so so that that was what was one thing that that, that sort of that, that sort of that sort of struck me and then and then I started to think about how that is reflected in my leadership and of course being a military leader and a fire and rescue service leader and then being a corporate leader um you 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 become mindful of what works and what doesn't work you understand what where you've made where you've made the mistakes you've dropped the clangers you know you you've, you've done things but you've got to have those if you, there's no yeah, point yeah. expecting to start out the journey as a leader and not have those clangers just sure. be, be, be be don't be too proud um you know don't be, don't be afraid to be a little bit vulnerable and to say you know what i made a mistake guys you know forgive me i'm only human let's try and work it and do it right next time mm. and and i started thinking about about those those sorts of elements of of leadership and um and I realized that I'd been a commander, which is very authoritative and dictatorial, yeah. on, on, which it has to be, you know, you, you make things work. And then you flip into a manager. So you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a commander, then you're a manager. And I'd done that for a while. And I was thinking, this is something still not happening here for me. Um, and I think when I started having these, sort of being more aware of myself, mm -hmm. I realized that, that actually, leadership is what is the, the key thing so you know I, I i mention it in the in in my chapter in the in the visionary male leaders book um that management and leadership are different yeah you know you you, you manage you know kit systems process buildings machines mm. you lead people and if you try to manage people in the same way as you manage a piece of equipment or a system or a spreadsheet or a machine, you're going to fail because people have got emotions, they've got aspirations, they've got their feelings, they've got emotional buy-in levels, they've got mm. they've got things that are going on in their life. And if you're not aware of that and you just keep pressing the button, expecting them to do things, it's never going to work because people aren't like that. People aren't, aren't people don't do that. And and I think there's a there's a real sort of hunger in the in the workforce today for for leaders to pre, to be more. Um, dare I say it, to be, to, to be more vulnerable and to be more um, connected with the people that they work with and for them to, to understand, you know, we're, let's do this together. Let's work together to achieve this. And, and I see it in change management because um, everybody calls change management soft skills. You know? <laughs> and uh, anything that involves people is not soft. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, program yeah. management, project management, portfolio management—that's easy. Yet it's called, it's called the hard stuff. And mm -hmm. but it's a system, it's a process. You can chuck stuff into it, mm -hmm. and you'll get an output. You'll get deliverables. You'll get benefits, and then you'll get a tick in the box on the spreadsheet. Your spreadsheet will go green. You know, you'll obviously green. Whoa, success! Yet nobody's yeah. adopting it because nobody's been on the journey. Nobody's been taken on the journey. Nobody's been led through that. So leading through change is really important and, and, and at the moment with the you know we're, we're in a really volatile uncertain complex ambiguous world where mm -hmm. we need that vision we need people to be able to say what the vision is and to tell people how it's going to be different you know how are we going to behave differently how is it going to feel and i'm all i'm, I'm always told so how do i measure that then rick well, what do you mean how do i measure it? well how do i put a kpi on a feeling <laughs> well, maybe you should be think about maybe you should think about what you're measuring. <laughs> what what is it that you actually want to measure? And sure. and and it's easy to measure something that is 
a tangible, it's a, a deliverable, a project, a product, or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, so this world is it's, it's really sort of so. So now I'm feeling that I'm I'm actually adding more value by coaching and mentoring new leaders, some existing leaders, um, and working with people to 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 understand what their vision is and to, and to, and to link that, that vision into the way that they want their people to feel, but not by telling them, by asking them, how do you want to feel at work? Yeah. That's crazy that, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. That, you have been on uh quite a journey of growth. Um, I, I love the fact that you're able to draw on the military experience and then the fire rescue experience as a leader and then the corporate experience as well. And some of the highs and the lows in those to give you insight into people and, and your point about the difference between management versus leadership is so critical. I, I talk about that in my other book leading from your core right you absolutely you, you manage inventory you manage kit you manage things yeah, yeah, yeah. people you lead them and unlike kit and inventory they have feelings they have emotions yeah, they yeah. have aspirations they have mm -hmm. desires and therefore you got to connect with those yeah and, and my challenge to every leader is you cannot connect with those if you're not connected with your own yeah. All right. So your examples of being in those meetings and being aware, being aware of, okay, what's Rick feeling at the moment? What, what, what where's my mental state? Where's my, what's my emotional yeah. state right now? How engaged am I with my vision? Uh, I, I love the, even just the greeting earlier on about, you know, I see you. Mm. I, I see you. Do I even see myself? Mm. Yeah. You know, am I able to see myself and, and not, you know, as we've said already, beyond the role, beyond the title, beyond the things I have to, yeah, I see you, Obi, as a, as a being, as this wonderful, beautifully complex being who has incredible potential and, and, and vulnerability, you know, strength and struggle. Key all, all thing. Of that. that is the key thing. It's that vulnerability. I think that is key because if you don't show vulnerability, you've got to get out of this mindset that showing vulnerability is a weakness because you've you've got to show you've got to be able, but you've got to be comfortable with yourself. Like you say, you've got to have that. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, and they they've got to know that you're not a machine. You're not a mm -hmm. some elevated being that is the boss, you know, because the world's changed. The world's changed massively. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we work in a virtual world now, pretty much. We're, we're doing this. We would never have been doing this two or three years ago. It's, yeah. it's, it's the world is evolving. Humanity is evolving. And um, I truly believe that you've got to, and, and that's, and you've got to reconnect with yourself and reconnecting with yourself as a, as a, as a person is really important. And, and I think that, not a lot of people do give themselves time to do that because they're either on their phone, they're on the computer, they've got television on, they've got some people, I mean, there's all sorts of 
things going on. And, mm. and that's what I love about going over to, like, for example, I was in Cameroon in January and there's no Wi-Fi. There's no phone signal. There's nothing. It's just you, the bush, <laughs> and the people that you're working with. You've got no choice but to connect with yourself. Sure. You've got to understand who it is. And, and then taking that a stage further and building on that is that, and you don't have to go to Africa to do this you can, or, or to the book. You can go to into nature. And that reconnection with nature is the most grounding and most spiritually fulfilling thing that you can do without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my background would not lead you to think that I was the kind of guy that we're talking about going into a forest and connecting with nature. Sure hugging trees that's just not however try it it's really good (laughs) (laughs) hey that's a great tip for our (laughs) listeners and and viewers here try it connect i I love we we've got an incredible woodlands near us and it is incredibly refreshing for me every time i go in there and I actually, I've done a few things recently that have been important for reconnecting with myself. So I I had a digital watch, um, an Apple watch, and I switched back to good old analog. And I thought, you know what, when I go out, I want to leave my phone at home. I want to leave my gadgets at home. I don't want to have anything digital on me. I just want to, the reason I still want to watch, because some people say, well, can't you keep your Apple watch and then just you know, go out, but I, I want to know the time at least. So if I've got to be somewhere, I can yeah. start heading back. But I just thought, you know, I, I don't, I don't want anything. I just want to go out, just have a walk and just quiet my mind and reconnect with myself. And, and I don't, some people might listen to this and just think, oh, okay, yeah, they're going on about that sort of stuff. But I, but I want to just give an example just to show people how relevant this is. So there's uh, a guy I'm coaching at at the moment who's had a really interesting journey of being in and out of senior roles. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of our conversations towards the end of last year, where I say, you don't know who you are, what you stand for. And it was a tough thing for him to hear, but but this was why. So his pattern was, He goes into a role and he throws himself into it, hardly has time for family and and friends. It's just early morning till late at night. And then after a while, he'd realize he's not really operating at the level that he needs to. and, And then he's fired and then he's looking for a new job. And I said to him, you go into those jobs and you're expecting them to tell you what to do and them to define you and and you're, it's all about the task. You hardly ever make time for yourself to say, who am I? What am I about? What are my values? What do I stand for? When you know that, you go into a, any role with so much more strength. You go into that role with boundaries, with clarity about yourself. You're, a, you're able to say, hey, Thursday, I'm signing off at five. Why? Because my daughter, my son has got this music recital and I'm going to be there. And just so you know, it matters to me that I'm there for my kids because the reason I'm able to show up, the reason I'm able to come and give the best of myself is because 
I've got really strong values. I've got big rocks in my life that I put in first. But if you have no spine as a leader, you don't know who you are, you're not connected with yourself, then the organization will just control you. You'll be a puppet. You'll do whatever they need to do just because you're trying to earn money. And then you'll never have a backbone and you'll never really be a, an inspiring or compelling leader. So I just wanted to share that just so people realize this isn't soft stuff. It's not just, oh, connect with yourself and connect with nature. It's you want to be resilient. You want to, you want to have an impact. Then you've got to do this stuff have to absolutely have to i mean i i i study the 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 um the kalahari bushman i study you know a lot of aboriginal sort of um sort of sort of philosophies and the way the way that life works and things and it led me on a certain in a certain way and and one of the things that i've found really quite beneficial is just sitting with my back against a tree but no i don't wear a watch anymore i took my watch off i am <laughs> My, my, my daughter's, I'm not there yet. <laughs> my, my daughters laugh and they say, someone will say, what time is it, Rick? You know, what time is it, dad? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm a, my phone's in the bag. I, I'm not sure. And then they'll laugh and they'll say, yeah, he's not a slave to time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so, so, I mean, we, I, 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 I'll, I'll quite often just go and sit and sit in, you know, and it, this is work because I, I actually do take people into the forest for well-being and for, for like and um, they call it Shinrin Yoku, it's a forest bathing, it's a type of um connection with nature and understanding that the roots of the trees are all connected and it's called the, the wood wide web, not the world wide web, the wood wide web. <laughs> oh, every, nice. tree Love that. every every tree in the world's connected by its root. But if you sit with your back against the tree and just close your eyes and imagine that your spine is aligned with the tree and mm. that your spine becomes one with the tree, and then your spine then is reaching down into the roots of the world, into the roots of the, of the trees, there is something really quite scary that can happen. You actually end up in a hugely present place. And, and it's not a new thing. This is generation to connect with nature. You've got to understand that we're not, we are part of nature. You know, mm -hmm. we're just, we're a speck in the corner of the earth's history as a species and we're part of nature. We don't own it. We, we don't control it. You know, we just need to look at wildfires. You just need to look at flooding, look at the, and the sure. stuff that's going on with climate, even COVID. I mean, that's nature telling us, hang on guys, this is enough. Mm. You know, start concentrating and focusing on what we're doing here. And, and, and that, and again, yeah, yes. People might be looking at this going, what are they on about? And all I say is, all I say is, um, I used to clear landmines for a living. I've been to war. I was a professional soldier. I've been a professional firefighter. Um, and I've been in corporate boardrooms with the, with the worst and the best of them. Um, so maybe it doesn't sound like the sort of thing you would hear from um, a combat veteran or a firefighter or whatever. However, it's a phenomenal place to be. It just, it opens all of your being mm. and the possibilities around you and and it's that understanding that we are we are we are we are not the product of who we think of our past we've got control over where we are today yeah. which in turn is going to lead us to have a new future um, and i suppose one of the things that I, I that i that i remember thinking about and i can't remember where i was where i read it or who said it to me 
However, they said, why are we so, as humans, as humanity, why are we so transfixed on made up stuff? And I said, what do you mean made up stuff? And they said, like, make believe, like, explain. And they said, how many times have you sat there or have you posted on, 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 on the social media, um, just sitting watching the sunrise or we're sitting enjoying the sunset? It's made mm -hmm. up. If you take yourself away from the earth and look at the earth from space, Sun doesn't move, it doesn't rise, it doesn't set. The sun's stationary. It's the earth that's moving. Mm. So we've even, even sunrise and sunsets made up because it doesn't exist. The sun doesn't move. So there's there's all sorts of like sort of things that start make mess with your head a little bit, and then you start thinking, sure. you know what? This is really quite, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not that important. However, we are important to ourselves to in, inside. And if you're not important, if you don't treat yourself with the importance that you deserve you are never going to be able to connect with the people that you lead in a way that makes them understand that you are truly there because you want to lead them you don't want to manage them you don't want yes you've got to have you're going to have your performance indicators you're going to have your measures you're going to have deliverables you're going to have targets and all that sort of it's all in there however i'm pretty much I, I can pretty much guarantee that if you, if you, if you, if you, if you love your people, if you treat your people, and you, and you, and you, you display all of the characteristics of a good parent, then, and I'm not saying that in a patronizing way. It's, oh, yeah, it's, that, it's that caring piece. If you care about your people, they'll bend over backwards for you. Mm -hmm. They'll go to the end of the earth for you. They'll storm a machine gun position for you. They'll crawl through a minefield for you. They'll go into a house fire for you. They'll do anything for you if you if you if they know that you know that this is that there is there's more than just doing your job. There's excelling and there's quest for excellence and there's that you know wanting to do the right thing, not because it's the right thing, but because there's a there's there's a there's a greater sort of family around them. There's that there's that wanting the you know wanting to do a good job. For somebody yeah. who know they know has got their back, that's going to protect them, is going to look after them, is going to, you know, defend them from all of the stuff rolling down the hill, you know, and yeah, yeah. and uh, and filter, you know, I, I used to, you know, we used to filter it up and filter it down. That's what I used to say. So, you know, um, uh, yeah. So that that's that's yeah. really what I mean. Like I said, it was going to be. It's it's just a conversation, and sure, you can go off on all sorts of when you all sorts of yeah. directions. And what you've said there, just I thought you summed it up with this phrase, they know I've got their back. And, and I think everyone listening to this, who is a leader, whether seasoned or emerging, just ask yourself that question. Do my people know I've got their back? Mm -hmm. You know, just reflect on that one. Do they know I've got their back? Because as you said, when people know you've got their back, they'll you know, bend over and backwards for you, right? They'll, yeah. they'll be loyal, they'll be engaged. They, they won't just, it's not just compliance that you'll get. You'll get that energy, that discretionary effort, that motivation, that passion, then coming up with ideas of, how any initiatives and, and running with it and, and sharing it, right? It's so how do you, 
as a leader, cre create that environment. Are you creating that environment where people know you've got their back and therefore they've got freedom to really deliver something uh, exceptional? Um, I, I heard this the other day and I'd love to just get your reaction to it, Rick. It was by a guy called Owen McManus, who I, I love his stuff on, on leadership and growth. And, and he said, we don't need more people leading who have more power than they have character. Mm. We need more great women who lead. We need more great men who lead. And so a real emphasis on character rather than power. Mm. What, what's your reaction to that, given all we've been talking about? I think that's really, there's a lot there. I mean, it doesn't mm. sound, it, it seems like a very simple thing you've asked, but there's a lot there um, in that, Character is really important, and I think one of and and I think it is it is about that. It's about leading with leading with character, but not being. So some of the biggest failings in some organisations is that people get promoted because they're a strong character, not because they're a strong leader, and that's a slightly mm -hmm. different thing. That's sure. Yeah. 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 So, um, so 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 we just got to sort of make sure we shelve that one for now, and we we'll talk about. The character that we want which is the leader yeah, yeah. the leader and um and that that character is what creates a thinking organization it's that um i mean the most powerful thing you can do as a leader when someone comes to you with a problem is to just say what do you want from me what have you tried so far what did, what else do you think you could do who else could you could you speak to about that um have you tried that have you, okay what else are you going to try mm. right okay so what you're going to do right okay well go and try it and come back and let me know if there's anything you want from me and they they ultimately they, they they've got nothing from you other than some questions however they will soon get that i mean i call it the um it's it's basically it's you, you're carrying it you, you've got a you've got a rucksack full of pigs mm. and you you know, people come to you with their, with their pigs and they're like, oh, mm -hmm. pig? I don't know what to do with this pig. Or give us that pig here. I'll, I'll sort it. Um, sure. yeah, yeah. Off they go. And then before you know it, you can't move because your office is full of pigs. Mm -hmm. And you're like, there's, there's pigs everywhere. And, you know, so, the, so the trick is, is to, is, is just to have the, the, the character and the, the, and the trust as well. The trust's a huge thing because if, if people feel that they're trusted and they know that they're trusted to, to, to go and, have a go. Mm -hmm. I would much rather someone went and had a go and then still hadn't quite achieved what it was, then come to me and just expect me to give them the answer because then they're not thinking. Um, and it's, it's better to have a whole team of people thinking rather than you doing all the thinking for the team because you That's just, you, nobody can be, nobody can be the, you know, one brain is never going to be a, a brain of, depending on the size of your organization, 15, mm -hmm. 20, 20,000, whatever. Um, if you've got all your people thinking, because they know that if they come to you with a pig, you're going to say, ask them some questions, and they're going to leave with the pig. Um, yeah, yeah. With that, with their pig that they came to you with, um, or even better, if you are, if you if you can become really skilled at it, they can leave not only with their pig but with one of yours as well. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So, so it's like you know, it's that it's that um, you know what you know what what do you want from me? Sure. Asking them what do you want from me. Um, what have you tried so far? What else could you try? Who else could you speak to about that? Get yourself mm -hmm. away and try it. Come back and tell me if there's anything you want from me. That little 
that little piece of conversation, that person will go away. They've been validated in their thoughts. They've not mm -hmm. been challenged on any of their decisions. They've not been told that they're wrong. They've not been told that they're right. They've not been told. All they've been told is, you know, you're doing, you know, the whole conversation gives them that value, that feeling of value, that feeling of appreciation that that's what, and they'll feel that they've been seen. <laughs> that's all I can mm -hmm. say. It's like, it's that, sure. I see you that sort of element. And, and that's that character bit. It's that leading with character isn't about being a gen the general, follow me. You know, there is sure. a bit of that sometimes. For, for me, and that's the, the shift in leadership is very different. I mean, you know, we, we, we've we've been on the, the journey with the with the book. And and you know, if you go back to when Peter Drucker would say he said that the uh that the leader of the of today, this was quite a long time ago, you know, decades ago, he said the leader of today will the leader of today tells, the leader of the future will ask. Um, so in, in other words, the leader of the past led with power, and then the leader of today will 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 lead with appreciation. Mm. But actually, I think we've gone further than that now. We're moving, we're moving, we're moving on from that now, and we're moving to a to a place where um being a leader isn't a role, it's not a job title, it's not you're the leader. If if we can work with our teams and with the people that we coach, the people that we lead, to develop them into leaders, what a powerful place you are when Amazing. you've got a whole, and it's yeah. not too many, too many, you know, you know, too many chiefs and, and yeah, all that. Because yeah. yeah. we're not leading with power. You know, we're asking mm -hmm. questions. We're not, we're taking the ego out of it. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're removing that ego from the room. And 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 I and I have a rule in some of my in, in all of my leading my meetings that I'll have with with any of my team or with people that I'm meeting when I'm doing my other stuff. Um, and the rule is that you know any statements must only be made in response to a question. And that wow. takes a bit of the ego out of the room. So mm -hmm. you're always mm -hmm. clarifying, clarifying, clarifying rather than telling. And and we don't start the meeting with saying how long we've worked in the business for and how what our great job title is and you know have that conversation and uh, it does it's 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 outdated now i mean I've, I've been in meetings where they've said been around the table and people say i've been i've been in this industry for 25 years i've worked in this building for 25 years i've worked in this plant for 25 years and they get right the way around the room and they're like wow we've got these hundreds of years worth of experience and i'm just like can i make an observation guys you've said you've worked here for 25 years in this building for 25 years that doesn't tell me that you've got 25 years of experience. That tells me you've got one year of experience 25 times over because you've only ever been in that building. So we, 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 yeah. <laughs> I would much rather have someone who had five years experience in that building, but had mm. another 20 years experience spread out over a number of different areas. Sure. That person's going to be more valuable to me as a leader, as somebody with wisdom. It's about that wisdom, isn't it? It's like, bringing that wisdom together and applying that knowledge and wisdom in, in, in a leadership context. Because I truly believe if you're a leader, you can lead in any industry. You don't need to be a subject matter expert. You just need to be a professional leader as somebody who understands people. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That is amazing. So many nuggets and words of wisdom there. And, and our time is, is up. But I want to just ask you for... A final piece of advice to our listeners and viewers, you, we've 
circle back a few times to just this connecting with our being. What advice would you give for leaders who want to go deeper with this and want to really become truly human beings and not just human doings? What, what one piece of um, advice would you give? I think, first of all, I generally don't give advice because advice is my opinion and my opinion isn't wrong. <laughs> um, however, uh, however, I think the, the I think one of the most important things that you can, that, that as a leader, if you want to really start to try and connect, is first of all to um, to to focus on your language and ask more questions mm. and be be curious, mm. not just about the task or the project or the whatever it is, but be more curious about your people, mm -hmm. know your people. Um, but not in a scary yeah. sort of trollish way, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just be, yeah. be, have those conversations, sit down and, and chat to them. And believe you me, the shift will happen because they'll sit down. If they're used to just telling you what, how they, what they've delivered, what, how they are with the progress on different projects, they'll sit down and they'll start downloading. And you just say, well, hang on a minute, just stop a minute. Right, take a breath, close your notebook, put it to one side. How are you? Really, how are you? what's going on in your life at the moment and just connect with people then you'll see a shift so it's got to, it's got to be genuine you cannot just mm -hmm. say the words you've been yeah. to do that you've got to connect with yourself first yeah. you've got to know yourself first that's amazing thanks thanks for the non-advice advice rick <laughs> um wonderful just yeah take the time know people I, I often say you, you gotta know people in order to grow them um and in order to do that you gotta know yourself so uh, i knew it'd be a wonderful conversation and it certainly has been thanks for coming on the show thank you rick to all our listeners and viewers i hope you enjoyed that I hope you were taking notes um, incredible nuggets feel free to listen to this again more important than listen apply these and integrate these into your life because that's when you'll get the the transformation and remember that if you want to be a courageous and resilient leader if you want to live life on purpose and with purpose then it starts from the inside out have a great day everyone and see you on the next show bye bye